Welcome to The Old World Lives, a Warhammer Fantasy Battles podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The Old World Lives, on Instagram at The Old World Lives, and you can reach us by email at theoldworldlives at gmail.com. And now, on to the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 56.5 of The Old World Lives, a Warhammer podcast. And we're doing this just because we did get some news today as well, uh, just last week, and it is a lovely New rules update. And with today, I obviously mean yesterday, because I'm one day late in my head, in this case. But with me tonight, I no, have we're, Niklas. We're smoking, smoking you. And Morten. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <Can> you? Can't, <laughs> who can't wait his turn. I, I'm so excited. And uh, we're not going to do much in uh, the way of hobby updates, given that we recorded like three days ago, or something like that, four days ago, at this point. And... Uh, well, I do have built. I built a mock-up of my archers. That's just uh, I said it. They are in, on Instagram if you want to see them. But other than that, we don't have any much of an update other than a new old world almanac with uh, <gasps> movement phase. Yes, uh, pretty cool news. Big news. Um, uh, should we go through like the point yeah, by point or? Yeah. Yeah, point yeah. by point, I think. I think, first of all, it's nice that they go for uh, the number of four. So they said like four phases and then four uh, steps in each. Or what is it? Four? Sub, sub uh, steps? Dub steps? Sub uh, steps? It's some other term, but right, yeah. Easy to remember. It just says it's divided into four parts. Parts is a, okay. it's a lame, lame term. For uh, yeah, <laughs> four, uh, four devices uh, or chapters. But uh, before, actually, before they talk about the different uh, parts of the space, uh, they give some information about the uh, unit formations, uh, and they have some lovely pictures, um, and. Uh, they show a unit in close order and open order, which looks the same in this picture. Um, and then oh, they also show you... Right? Or do they show open order? Uh, no, so that's a different thing. The close order and open order. And then you can be in skirmish formation or lance formation. So um, it says close order is like a u- regular unit and open order uh, says that... Uh, they can more easily navigate terrain and stuff. Um, but they're still like in a unit. And then you have skirmish. So that's very cool because uh, <clears throat> I was wondering like how they would do skirmishers. Because in, in 6th edition, they move uh, as individual models, like in 40k, but with one inch uh, currency. Uh, and in 8th edition, skirmishers move still in a unit but like with spaces between them and now it seems like they will have both of these things kinda so skirmishers move like in the sixth edition but then they also have an open order formation uh that lets you move through terrain more easily i wish uh, uh, people have, have a way of indicating this like movement trace with gaps in between or something i would yeah, think it would be nice I... to visually show that that's what I was going to say, because uh, in this picture, it just shows the same unit, and it says close order and open order, and it's just like a, an infantry unit, so I don't know how they will represent this. 
Um, yeah, and then the Lance Formation, the old Lance Formation. So that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how it will work. Uh, I remember <laughs> hearing about the old Lance Formation, there was a pain to play against because, uh, like, if you charge that unit in the flank, where where do you end up? <laughs> yeah. Like what what do you align against? <laughs> yeah, nothing is e- easy about it, but it looks glorious. <laughs> yeah. Um so that's really cool. Uh and then another thing they talked about is the the marching column. Um so if your unit is longer than it is wide, uh you can march triple your movement uh, which is pretty cool and um, i saw like some complaints about this uh on some facebook pages like that they don't want to reshuffle their units um to have to like re- redeploy them all the time um, and i was thinking about that like in older editions you don't really do much except for like turning a unit um, and this kind of annoying in 6th edition because then it's the individual model that turns like 90 degrees and then you would have to like actually turn your models instead of like uh, pivoting the whole unit 90, 90 degrees it's like the individual model and that was actually a bit of a pain I think this is quite easy though you can just like take the models from the the side and put them in the back and then you will have made a marching column instead. Yeah, um, I also thought about that, making a special movement tray where you have the side that comes off somehow, and then you, you can just move that or something. Just, uh, <laughs> oh, like they're all magnetized to like... Yeah? Mm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm sure Games Workshop will sell this. You can only get them from them, and it will cost <laughs> ridiculous amounts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, but I, another I, concern is they, they they haven't said how to switch between the two formations, right? Is that like an, a reform action, or what, what does it cost? Yeah, so that's what I was thinking because, like, I don't know, in, in sixth edition as well, sometimes you would have to like reform and stuff, but like that that costs so much of your uh, your movement. And in eighth edition, you have swift reform, so then you could just swift reform and then. Uh, at least move wait. a little. Yeah, but the, I think in eighth edition is that also only to like change facing of the units, or can you can you change formation with swift reform? Yeah, yeah, a reform. You do a normal reform, which means you can just yeah change anything about direction and uh, and how wide and everything. I think, and then you can make a normal move, but not march. Okay. Yeah, because I'm pretty I mean, sure. if you're if you have to like spend a turn to change formation, then I think this will not be useful. Um, yeah, but it says uh, like in the movement phase uh, includes uh, uh, changing formations as well. Mm. But you can't charge if you're in this marching column, and you don't get rank bonus either if you're charged. So it's a bit dangerous, right? Hmm. I didn't see that, but that sounds right. I guess so. Maybe people will just default deploy units in in this way, 
and just speedily uh, move them up and then change <laughs> or something. Yeah, but that could it, make for a really thematic deployment as well if you have them still in marching order and uh, you get ambushed or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it yeah, seems yeah. really cool, but it like it feels like it's only really useful to to like move your units from one side of your deployment zone to the other. It's, mm. It feels a bit weird to like march up towards the enemy. Uh, yeah, that's true. But but that, that happens like every so often. Yeah, but it happens every so often. Like ah, damn! I deployed this unit completely wrong, and now it won't do anything in this game. It will just run all game and try to catch up. So maybe that could help. That you have a yeah. chance of. Yeah, that's uh, also like uh, one of the things uh, that's quite different from sixth edition and eighth edition. Because in eighth edition, you, you do have the swift reform, so you could just like pivot it and then march to somewhere else. But in sixth edition, it's like it's a whole turn basically just to change formation of your unit, and then you can march. And then next turn, you would have to change formation again. So, yeah. like if you deploy something wrong, then that unit is basically useless. <laughs> um, something I like actually. It's a, I love a punishing game. You can learn from your mistakes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, in in the movement phase, uh, you have uh, declared charges at the beginning, as usual. Nothing new there, but the distance you charge is uh, very, no, it's very different, I say. But it's like a middle ground between sixth edition and uh, eighth edition. So mm -hmm. you take your movement, roll two d six, and then you pick the highest of those dice and add your movement. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mix. Because in 8th edition, you roll two dice and take both of them. So your charge can be very swingy. Mm. But in 6th edition, it was way more predictable because it was twice your movement. Um, and now in this game, you'll be able to pre-measure, of course. So I think this is... Uh, It's a it's nice a good with some randomness. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean because you you uh, you can pre measure. It's almost the same as in in sixth edition because then you might be wrong by one or two inches, and now you can fail your charge by one or two inches. Well, in eighth edition, I didn't like that you could charge so far because then, uh, whenever you would move your units forwards towards the enemy, then you would like think that the enemy unit has a, a threat range of 2d6 plus their movement, or at least like yeah. 8 plus their movement, uh, which oh. is like a huge difference. Say like a unit of Sorrows Warriors movement 5, I guess, or 4 or 5, uh, but then like you think like, oh shit, plus 2d6, that's like 16 inches. I can't go like within 16 inches of these guys. And then um, it it didn't really matter if they got the charge as well, so they might as well try to charge. And if they fail, then they will get charged. But I mean, it's still you strike by initiative, and they they lose one combatter solution. That doesn't matter that much. This is one kill. So uh, I like now that the the threat ranges will be shorter. Um, 
And also that uh, Swift Stride, that was a rule in 8th edition, is also a rule in this edition. Uh, and it's basically the same. Because mm-hmm. in 8th in, uh, edition, you rolled three dice and then you took two of the highest dice. Uh, or no, you took all three of them. Did you? Or how oh, did it work? Two highest. Oh, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's basically how it works with this rule as well in the new game. So usually you roll two dice and pick the one highest, but now the Swiss right you roll three dice and pick the two highest. Hmm. Right, uh, so yeah, it works the same, but, uh, but uh, infantry will be not as... Uh, uh, no, but I agree. I, uh, this will make the armies move closer together before the charges happen also. And there will be a lot of maneuvering just before, which I think will look really cool. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm glad that it uh, brings back cavalry a bit because uh, cavalry was mm-hmm. not that great in eighth edition. Um, because I mean, the the distance they charge wasn't that different from what infantry could charge. Uh, because I mean, you could still roll as high. Uh, with infantry as cavalry um but yeah it remains to see how it works later as well because that's another thing that in 8th edition cavalry would get ground down quite easily i think because they're not as many models and uh, i mean in 6th edition cavalry was very good and i mean <laughs> so, some call it cavalry hammer because i mean when you have a fixed charge distance and they charge twice as far as infantry, then you will yeah. always get the charge with cavalry. And uh, since you don't have a, a step up, uh, it was way more important to get the charge. So you get like two and they, and they strike first. <laughs> yes, yeah. So yeah, so strike first uh, because of the charge and no step up. It's like three bonuses. Or cavalry. Well, in in eighth edition, they had like no benefits, so they yeah. <laughs> they don't get to charge usually. I mean, the infantry has as much chance, and they don't get strike first, and then we get to step up. Uh, so you have as many attacks coming in both ways. So it's better to just have more guys and just grind it down. Mm. But now cavalry will be able to charge further than infantry, but then it remains to see. How close combat works. That's actually very will, interesting. Will there be step up? Oh, who will strike first? Oh, oh. I, this is so nerve wracking because they're going through the rules, and so far it's like, oh, yeah, this seems cool. And I, yeah, I like this as well. But then it's the last one, it's going to come down to the assault, <laughs> a close combat phase, and that can destroy it all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to see. Like, people are already getting upset and uh, divided on uh, on these like uh, small news and um, I don't really get as well like getting upset about the the marching column that you would have to like re realign your your guys but I mean you don't have to do it it's just like a, a bonus thing I mean if this was a thing in 8th edition or 6th edition I don't think I would use it even um you also have uh columns in sixth edition but no one ever uses that 
is when you have a unit of in in one uh, one guy wide, like a, a one column. Yeah, and then you can you can use snaking. So then it's just like one guy that moves, and then yeah. all the guys behind him just falls like a snake. Also called a, a conga line in that case. <laughs> yeah, but like no one ever uses this rule because it's just a fucking hassle to to take all of your guys out of the movement tray and then put them uh, behind the like Folia Young character. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it it. it Visually, it's nice if you move everything, but say a normal unit, for me at least, is like five wide and four deep. That's uh, a lot of my units look like that. And if yeah. I would just then turn them, I mean, they would look the wrong way, but you could always say, oh, now they're marching this direction. It's boring, but then you don't have to move models. And you Yeah, can, but that, I mean, that's also like a pretty common thing, uh, at least in 6th edition, because then like every model turns 90 degrees. So if you'd like, ah, you want to ah. turn them sideways, then you would just ah. like take out the the four guys uh, on the flank, and then just put the command characters facing the right direction. So just yep. just have the the champion, the banner, and the musician facing the right way. Then you'll know which way the unit is facing. And I'm yeah. sure yeah, that it will take about uh, a game or two of adjustments uh, to just get into the new mindset, and then it will be, oh, why didn't we do this all along? As it usually yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I have one thing about the, the, the marching columns that I thought about uh, from 8th edition. And that's, um, I mean, that partly the, the, there's been abuse of things like, oh, an ogre bus or a minotaur bus. <laughs> things where you have very yeah. deep units because you'll a get shitloads of, yeah, you get, you get so much rank bonus. Um, Skaven is a special example, I think, there because it, it ties, ties into their rule book where they get leadership based on rank bonus and it was yeah. really good for them to have bosses so who knows they might have to get some readjustment or but maybe you might... know when they get their rule book it might just say that they still get rank bonus in yeah bosses. and it, it might also be that it has to be a certain unit uh, size anyway for getting the rank bonus for that bonus so to speak so it can't just be four rats in a row get the plus plus uh, <laughs> leadership bonus so to speak it might yeah. actually have to be and a we'll... unit in that case yeah, we'll we'll see how they solve it. But there are some cases. I think it's good because I think buses looked ridiculous when people <laughs> used them just to get bonuses. Uh, yeah. It didn't feel very thematic, but I, I like I like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel like a bus <clears throat> should fight well. It makes sense that they no. <laughs> adopt that formation to to move fast, but yeah. unless it's a Macedonian phalanx. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, then you need plenty of them next to each other. Their <laughs> flanks. <laughs> I didn't think of that. What's the next step? Charge <laughs> reactions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, so they have hold, stand and shoot, and flee, as usual. And they've added counter charge. Mm. Uh, so who, do you, that, uh, who do you think will get this? Some especially alert units may counter charge. Um, so, so all elves. <laughs> well, always counter charge first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the thing is, 
do you think it will be a special rule or will it be that you put a unit like in a stance so that they can 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 recharge something i think special rule just yeah. the just counter charge yeah this is the rule i think it should be like a racial so you only start to start races get it for all of them like elves uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. other, uh, <laughs> because that would make so much sense I mean the peasant farmer with a spear gets uh, counter charge whereas the lifelong career soldier doesn't yeah but I mean who um, would get it w- would orcs get it I mean they're not alert but it, I feel like they would always be charging so yeah, they, would be a counter charge yeah they, they fight more of instinct than anything else after all so they should uh, get something like it yeah, but I mean, I think what what what, what does it represent though? Does it represent like them charging at the same time, or it could uh, represent several things? It could uh, represent a tactic. It could represent uh, impetus, impetuousness. It could represent uh, uh, like bad discipline in the case of works that they just want to get into the fight, or yeah. with every every everything that follows corn as, as well in that case. Yeah, or they yeah. just. Uh, like or witch elves that they just really, really want to get uh, stuck poking people's sticks, even though they are not really in the game at the start, uh, since they are dark elves. But uh, bad example. But does the rule exist in previous editions? I think no. no. Some units have it, or no? No. It's not been a thing in fantasy. I mean, there used to be in uh, 40k counterattack. <clears throat> or maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't know. Space Wolves used that counterattack, remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, I mean, barbaric. <laughs> uh, I, th- it, it, just... nice. I think it can add a nice flavor, I think. Yeah. Um, the second step is to actually make your charge moves. Um, yeah. So, uh, and now you have to include the the wheel. Yes, like in sixth edition, Mm -hmm. which uh, not in eighth. Yeah, because in eighth edition uh, you just measure like point to point, and then you're in, right? Yeah, yeah. And I like it, and I don't like it, in a way. I don't like because measuring with the wheel, I feel like yeah, it it was nice because it was simple. But with the wheeling, and then you have something that's like sort of slightly in the way, and then it gets so messy sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I I think it was a bit ridiculous in eighth edition because not only do you charge very far with two dice yeah. every moment, <laughs> but then it's like you get a a discount with how you actually have to move, so you just like fly over there with this massive charge. But uh, I mean, it's it's way easier. Uh, that way but it yeah I don't know it kind of feels weird like if if the unit is kind of sideways and then like oh yeah I can just see that unit over there and then it's just within range it feels like they're moving a bit too far somehow yeah no you're right you're right uh, but uh, but it, oh. yeah it, it, that's also like a, a thing in, in say session if you like position your ways you, you, you position yourself a bit sideways from a unit, then you kind of 
count on them not being able to charge you because they can't wheel far enough. Uh, yeah, it's definitely just like different mechanics and you adapt to them. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind either way, to be honest. Um, but a, a big difference in the new game is that if you fail your charge, you move the whole distance. Mm-hmm. So it has always been that you move half of the distance, basically. Or in 8th edition, you, you pick only the highest dice, right? Yeah, and you move that, but not with the movement. Just that. Yeah. So it could be one, well, yeah, one inch if you're really unlucky. Then <laughs> this it says, if you whiff your roll, however, the charge has failed. The unit must move the full distance rolled towards its target. What does that mean, though? Is it the distance rolled or the movement as well? Oh, yeah. I didn't think of that, actually. What, what did it say? What was the wording? Um, the unit must move the full distance rolled towards its target. Oh, yeah. I actually don't know. That could still just be the, the highest roll. Yeah. It's not clear if it's with the movement or not. Yeah. So another thing, I don't know what it's like in 8th edition, but in 6th edition, you declare charges, but then you move your compulsory moves before charges. Uh, Do you you remember what it's like in 8th edition? I think it's something like that as well, because then things run in the way and (laughs) spoil. (laughs) Because that's that's the thing, like a spawn could like move in the way of a charging unit and then they will fail their charge. But in the new game, uh, you move your charges first, and then you do compulsory moves. And oh yeah, that's another thing. Uh, this is mostly co- to accommodate fleeing units that fail to rally during the last strategy phase. So fleeing units move in a compulsory moves phase, and not at the beginning of the turn. I think it is that way in eighth edition. Is it? I don't know. I think like you in the beginning of the turn you roll to rally the troops and if they fail you keep fleeing. I think that's Um, the way it is. I think it's I thought it was during the compulsory where you actually rally and if you don't rally then you flee. So I think no I think it is but I don't have the rules in front of me and I get really uncertain. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I think it is. Uh, because at the start of turn, you have start of turn things, and that's just like doom wheel shit. And then you have charges, and then you have compulsory. So that that is when you rally or flee. Oh yeah, and uh, fanatics is in the uh, compulsory move space. Yes. And then rem- remaining moves. Um. So, yeah, and then they go over wheeling. Nothing new there, really. Um, and and you can still move half, uh, half move to the side or back, right? Yes. So, I, I, is that the, the wording of the rules in 8th edition? Do you, do you know that? Yeah, I because, think so. Because in 6th in edition... It doesn't actually say that you uh, can move backwards or sideways for half your move. Uh, 
you you do it manually basically so you pivot like 90 degrees and then you move and then you pivot back 90 degrees uh theoretically i mean no one actually moves their models like that Uh, but you can either like turn 90 or 180 degrees so if you want to back up you pivot 180 degrees and that's a quarter of your move and then you move half your move so you got quarter of your move left and then you pivot back (laughs) (laughs) no i think it's just half movement in eight uh but there was something else there, right? With the wheeling, and there was some other move that I didn't really, that I thought sounded interesting. What am I forgetting? I don't have the news in front of me. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at them now. It's just this uh, wheel maneuver. They double their pace. Uh, was that just marching, or what, does, what was double their pace? So yeah, yeah, that's marching, but if you're in the marching column, then you can move. Uh, three times your speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, readdress ranks or reform. It's also part of movement. Yeah, yeah, what was the readdress ranks? What is that? Well, I guess that's uh, adding ranks. Yep. But and how is that different from a reform then? It's it's always been different in sixth edition. Um, adding a rank costs. Half of your movement, I think, and a reform costs all of your movements. So you could add a rank or subtract a rank and still make a move, uh, but you can't reform and make a move in sixth edition. So I don't know what it would be in this this edition, but that that's the difference. And then it says at the end, so what happens after you charge? A lot of angry jostling and sharpened metal, which we'll find out in another article. Uh, but it says, so there was a, a link to shooting. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to say that. It says next up shooting phase. Huh. And, uh, teasing, charging, and giving us shooting. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, what are your predictions on shooting, actually? minimal changes that hasn't changed much right i think uh, lots of arrows and dead knights to to follow (laughs) that's my prediction (laughs) i hope that it gets a bit more useful than in sixth edition depending on what you're shooting with i definitely think they're going to keep the two ranks firing um first of all which i yeah i hope so online um It's a bit limiting limiting in 6th edition when you usually just fire in one rank, unless you have a really, really long rank. Yeah. Or wide. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean art- artillery can change. There are things there that could change. Yeah. I mean, that's... Out, they will go into war machines now. I heard some rumors about cannons not being as deadly. Um, this is a long while back. Um, Will there be templates? Yeah, I definitely think there will be templates. Yeah, yeah let's um, hope so. I mean, there, there's templates in, uh, in 30k still. Mm. Yeah, so. <laughs> and that is uh, quite appreciated instead of having the random roll-off 
not not the cinematic templates in that case. Yeah. But it would be good good if cannons were both uh, as as deadly, but not in every situa- situation. Yeah. yeah. Speak. But speaking of templates, I mean, do you think they'll bring back the the most important template of fantasy? Fallen giant. Exactly. I, mm. I don't hope so. I really want my want mine to be a bit more unique than than it is. <laughs> it is and a great also, template. It is a great template. The foot of, foot of Gork template. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think uh, they will uh, somehow get the new giants into the old world? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Big ones. Yeah. yeah. That would be great, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Bone grinder yeah. gargants. <laughs> They're already in from Forge World, right? So it's. But does Forge World still exist? That's the big question. Ah. Oh yeah. <laughs> even the even the Facebook page is gone, and that's the conspiracy. Oh. They called Warhammer the Horus Heresy now. Since about two days, or no, yesterday I think they updated that. Oh. Suspicious. Yeah, and you can order the resin via the regular Games Workshop uh, web store if you can find the the place where you order ah. stuff on that website. It's an interesting website, but that's not a discussion that we're going to have now. But it, <laughs> I think uh, we sh- we are going to get at least one update fairly soon, given that they have teased the update in this article with the shooting, mm-hmm. as we mentioned. And there's also a preview on the 17th with uh, the old world. Uh, listed on the preview sheet so maybe it's uh, some kind of uh, undead that will be previewed in that one I hope so enough Bretonians give me some Tomb Kings (laughs) yeah but yeah they have uh, they have previewed the entire lineup the release lineup for a large lineup for Bretonians so I guess that the next logical thing would have to be Showing something completely different, or actually showing these are the kits that will be released for the Tomb Kings at the release, so people can get uh, their hopes uh, up slash down slash dashed slash uh, <laughs> uh, complain about uh, mages have, have wearing shoes on the internet. That kind of level of. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine a Tomb King or like Lich Priest wearing shoes, press? Kind of, or even worse, where, just just wearing one shoe. And oh. it is a shoe, and it is a shoe that is not uh, uh, looking uh, proper for the setting. It is a random, uh, like nineteen twenties shoe. Yeah, or a sneaker, <laughs> an nineteen twenties shoe with uh, some uh, glitter on it, some uh, Swarovski crystals or something like that. <laughs> One of those shoes with a wheel on the heel. A heely. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Cool. I, uh, <laughs> I have to say, I have a, I have a. Small Tomb King related thing I have to tell you guys. Uh, so I was I was in bed the other night browsing uh, Tadera, Swedish. Is this, eBay. Is this really a pro- appropriate topic for? Uh, yeah, yeah, bear bear with me. Um, and you know, bear I, I, with t- you? I try to I, t- I try to avoid going to Tadera because they end up buying a lot of things. Um, and I just ah just for fun, let's just see what Tomb Kings are out there. Uh, and then I first thing that pops out. 10 minutes left, you know, 10 minutes left in red, blinking, counting down. Uh, two Tomb King characters, like one Tomb Herald, uh, battle standard bearer guy, and one uh, Lich Priest on foot. Uh, foot. Both in uh, in metal and uh, 100 kroner, so not expensive. Oh. Uh, 
so I was like, oh, well, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I'll just put, I'll, I'll try. Uh, and I was sitting there, you know, waiting, counting down, and I got it. Uh, nice. I'm like, oh, well, that's nice. Uh, even though I, I was sort of waiting, you know, uh, because they have the old aesthetic and I want to think about what new aesthetic, but still they're cool, they're characters, and I could use the banner. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, the next day, I get a message from our good friend Krell. Who's asking, is your middle name Joachim? And I'm like, yeah, why? You just bought my tomb case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and th- th- that's a great great way to dox yourself on the internet. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> uh, funny. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm part of Krell's Tomb King family now, I guess. <laughs> if he delivers them, maybe he'll just, maybe he's just a scammer. He'll just, Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just want to make a, an announcement before we close this episode up. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed that the 6th edition Facebook page has gone down <gasps> the, <laughs> just the other day because uh, fucking Facebook. Uh, so one of the, the moderators uh, fortunately passed away. So oh. they made a post about this, mm. uh, basically saying that this is a terrible thing and this is a great guy. And then Facebook like auto deleted the whole page. What? Because yeah, sure. because makes sense. Makes sense. Writing writing about death or something. I don't know. So oh, so uh, it is. Oh, that's just so bad. Actually, that is so bad. Yeah, so they they tried to like uh, have it appealed or something through Facebook, but they haven't had any reply. So uh, they made yeah, a new page. Imagine all the... Yeah, yeah. There's tons of stuff on there as well. I mean, there are so many uh, like files, uh, like warband yeah. rules and uh, and all of the obscure and all of the obscure rules that they couldn't find on the internet that, that was posted on the, the Games Workshop website twenty years ago, pretty much. Yeah, lots of pictures. I mean, I've posted lots of pictures in there yeah. through, through the years. Um, so yeah, it's terrible. Uh, it's a loss to the community for sure. Yeah, not to mention uh, just uh, having the reason being uh, some someone that uh, the community wants to honor pass away. Which is yeah, so, yeah. So. That's the, the 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 worst thing. I mean, it's not like they they were uh, posting conspiracies to to throw down the, the no, no, government. Those, of a those, those Facebook those those Facebook groups are totally fine to just remain where they are. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, in the but meantime, it something uh, weird that yeah. The the, the moderators have uh, set up a, a new page, which is called mm. the Warmer Six Edition. 2.0 or something. Yep. <laughs> tribute. Yeah. <laughs> this is so, just maybe, a tribute. I think that uh, that's, uh, that page might be linked uh, through our uh, Facebook page uh, when this episode goes uh, live. Don't you think, Niklas? Yes. That's, we should definitely do that. So, uh, yeah, if you were part of that group, um, I don't know if you don't even play Sex Edition, but just part of it because uh, people post great content on there. Uh, check out our uh, episode uh, description. We'll have the link there or just uh, search for it. It's called, I have it here. 
the Warmer Fantasy Battle 6 Edition 2. I say conspiracy theory. Games Workshop is launching the new old world lips. Uh, yeah. The new old world, right? So they, oh, there oh, goes sixth edition. Oh, wait, there goes the eighth edition page. Yeah, we don't, don't, don't go into those conspiracies. Given the name of our podcast. Oh God, <laughs> they're gonna. We are gonna go away. <laughs> but uh, still, nice, uh, nice to get more rules. Maybe we'll have another mini episode next week. Whenever we get to know about shooting, we will see. Yeah, yeah, but uh, this has uh, been a nice look and a nice little chat about the new rules update that we got. Yes, yeah. But, All right. Thanks for now. That's a wrap. Yes. That's a wrap. And uh, everyone, thank you for listening to this uh, little short bonus episode of The Old World Lives. We'll see you in the next episode.